This episode, we're focusing on the editorial for the March 2023 edition of Socialist Revolution, issue 38, which goes to press this week with the title, The Commies Are Coming. That America will never be a socialist country. country. Attitudes are changing towards socialism. We believe the only solution is the establishment of a workers' government on a socialist program. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Socialist Revolution podcast. My name is John Peterson. I'm the executive editor of Socialist Revolution magazine. You can visit our website at www.socialistrevolution.org. Every episode, we feature contributions and discussions on current events, history, and theory from a Marxist class struggle perspective, featuring revolutionary socialists from around the country and around the world. Now, according to Donald Trump, he was brilliantly accurate when he predicted in 2019 that America will never be a socialist country. I used to say we'll never be a socialist country, and I was right. Why? Because, as he stated a few weeks ago, Because the train never stopped at the socialist, you know, that station never stopped. It just went right by. So maybe we hit the Marxist station and the communist station, but they never stopped it. Socialism did they, Monica? Never stopped, you know? It's like, so I was right. The train didn't stop at the socialist station. We hit the Marxist station and the communist station. Meanwhile, the House of Representatives recently passed a bipartisan resolution denouncing the, quote, horrors of socialism. To bring up to the House concurrent resolution number nine, denouncing the horrors of socialism. We cannot let this evil ideology take hold in this country. We are in the United States the stronghold of freedom. That is why we must pass this resolution. Based on these latest absurdities from the political establishment, one might be forgiven for thinking that we're on the brink of an imminent and glorious communist revolution. But wait a second, didn't the collapse of the USSR mean the final victory of capitalism and confirm its superiority once and for all? Why keep beating a dead horse? The explanation is really quite simple. Marx may have been placed in his grave 140 years ago, but far from being dead and buried, his ideas are more relevant than ever, and the serious bourgeois know it. Unable to resolve the system's contradictions, their political lackeys must find a new boogeyman, or rather, attempt to revive an old one. In the absence of convincing political arguments, which is itself a function of the shattered objective basis for class peace, they must resort to utter inanity to sow fear and confusion. Because... Young people in America are being brainwashed into believing that socialism is an economic model for the greater good of all Americans. Almost 40% of Gen Z and millennials think the Communist Manifesto, written by Karl Marx, the father of Marxism, is a better defense of freedom and equality than the Declaration of Independence, written by Thomas... Where is the party in opposition that has not been decried as communistic by its opponents in power? Where is the opposition that has not hurled back the branding reproach of communism against the more advanced opposition parties, as well as against its reactionary adversaries? Thus wrote Marx and Engels in the Communist Manifesto, the birth certificate of our movement. 
Fast forward 175 years, and we're treated to the ridiculous spectacle of one right-wing capitalist party accusing the other right-wing capitalist party of being communist. But this sad attempt at provoking a new Red Scare, this time under the auspices of Kevin instead of Joseph McCarthy, doesn't have any serious traction. In fact, these ludicrous attacks will only backfire. Repelled by both parties and exhausted by years of turmoil and instability, the interest of millions in these ideas will only be piqued further. After all, they think to themselves, if these clowns reject Marxism and communism, maybe I should check it out. And this is precisely what is happening already on a massive scale. Worse yet, in a recent poll that shows that 40% of Americans of all ages, not only the youth, 40% believe that socialism is good. We cannot Recent polls show that millions of young Americans, and not an insignificant number of older ones, are wide open to socialism and even communism. For example, a new poll by the Fraser Institute found that when asked about their ideal economic system, 31% of all Americans across all demographics replied socialism, and 11% said communism. This is particularly remarkable given the stranglehold the bourgeois have on all forms of media and the lack of a mass force arguing for socialist or communist ideas. How can this be explained? In a word, the 2008 generation has been joined by the 2020 generation. Tens of millions have started drawing inevitable conclusions from the greatest of all teachers, life itself. The capitalists have no one to blame but themselves for this dramatic shift in public perception. Although most people are not consciously aware of it yet, they are gradually realizing that the internal contradictions of a system based on private ownership of the means of production, the market economy, and the nation-state cannot be resolved within the limits of the system itself. These artificial boundaries will only be superseded when they are deliberately replaced by a rational and democratically planned economy under a worker's government. Until then, we will continue to be plagued by crisis, hypocrisy, poverty, corruption, inflation, racism, sexism, and war. Now, it's natural and normal that people seek the path of least resistance when trying to improve their situation. That path tends to lead first through individual solutions and familiar institutions, parties, and leaders. But Americans have been trying this for decades. They've been blocked on all fronts and instead of less resistance, face only increasing resistance. Already millions of American workers have entered the road of trade union struggle. And this is only the beginning. Industrial struggle must be combined with political struggle and ultimately mass collective action on a revolutionary scale. After centuries of capitalist rule, we can rest assured it won't be a bourgeois revolution. Quite the contrary, what is on the not-too-distant horizon is a socialist revolution which will raise the working class to power and lay the basis for the abolition of exploitation, oppression, and class society itself. In other words, real communism. As Leon Trotsky put it in 1934, should America go communist as a result of the difficulties and problems that your capitalist social order is unable to solve, it will discover that communism, far from being an intolerable bureaucratic tyranny and individual regimentation, will be the means of greater individual liberty and shared abundance. And that is what the ruling class is really worried about. The so-called horrors of socialism they fear are the loss of their wealth, power, and privileges, and the rise of a world where there is equality in life, not merely in law. 
And they are right to be afraid, because in addition to amassing incalculable wealth and technological know-how, they have created their own gravediggers, the world working class, the most numerous and potentially powerful social force in history. All the pieces are in place for the revolutionary transformation of society. All except one, that is. To make that potential to change the world not only probable but actual, the working class requires three things. Leadership, leadership, and once again, leadership. The more clear, decisive, and resolute the leadership, the shorter the path to victory and the less convulsive the transition from capitalism via socialism to stateless, classless communism. Unfortunately, the current gaggle of so-called socialist leaders is nothing but. In reality, they are liberal apologists for capitalism and socialist guys and have zero confidence in the potential power of the working class. Bernie Sanders voted to fund NATO's inter-imperialist proxy war in Ukraine. Three of the four Democratic Party socialists in the House voted to strip railroad workers of their right to strike against intolerable conditions. And even though a majority of House Democrats voted to condemn socialism, the right reformists in DSA and at Jacobin cling desperately to the idea that they can magically push that party to the left. We warned that this would happen when AOC and her cohort were first elected. Far from moving the Democrats to the left, these milquetoast lefts moved deeper into the Democrats and have been wholly subsumed by its unapologetically pro-capitalist machine. The Las Vegas DSA learned this the hard way and has started to draw some conclusions. As they put it, quote, This is our lesson, and we hope socialists everywhere will pay close attention. The Democratic Party is a dead end. It is a, quote, party in name only. Truly, it is simply a tangled web of dark money and mega-donors, cynical consultants, and lapdog politicians. Now, millions of others will learn similarly enlightening lessons in the years to come. Genuine socialists elected to office would base everything they did on absolute class independence. Instead of making deals with the class enemy to win a few fleeting crumbs, they would use their platforms to expose the system for what it is, using facts, figures, and arguments. They would propose sweeping socialist legislation that would infringe directly on capitalist property relations to spark discussion and debate, even if the bills were doomed to defeat in the reactionary halls of power. All of this would help build momentum for a mass, class-independent socialist party of the working class. So no, the U.S. is far from being a communist country. At least not yet. It's still dominated by the big banks, monopolies, Wall Street, and a government that operates in the interests of the ruling class. It is still a bastion of imperialist reaction, cynical culture wars, and divisive identity politics. But its days as a capitalist country are numbered, because the communists are indeed coming. And they're coming not to reform capitalism, but to abolish it. They're coming by ones and twos, dozens, hundreds, and thousands, shaped by their experience of life in this system. The IMT is working to organize and train these forces in Marxist theory and Bolshevik methods. History is on our side, and we have nothing to hide. We are proud to reject the status quo and to fight for a better future for humanity. We are unashamed to echo the founders of scientific socialism as they threw down the gauntlet to this revolting and unsustainable system. The communists disdain to conceal their views and aims. They openly declare that their ends can be attained only by the forcible overthrow of all existing social conditions. Let the ruling classes tremble at a communistic revolution. The proletarians have nothing to lose but their chains. They have a world to win.
And that, my friends, is a hell of a way to end this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Big thanks, as always, to Laura Brown, our audiovisual producer, whose hard work behind the scenes makes these episodes possible. If you liked what you heard today, please share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating, which will help other listeners find us. Or consider making a donation to the International Marxist Tendency or subscribing to Socialist Revolution magazine. Better yet, why not join the IMT and bring these ideas to your family, friends, neighbors, and co-workers? You can learn more about the IMT and about getting involved at socialistrevolution.org. Stay healthy and safe, and keep fighting the good fight, the fight for socialism in our lifetime. 